Welcome to the Or Halev podcast with Rabbi James Jacobson Mazels. So a number of weeks ago, when I was last here, it feels like, um, I started talking about beginning, and I want to begin again and talk about beginning and what it means to restart, what it means to become fresh in every moment, to so talk about that for a little while. Um, I've been practicing, it just became 2015, I started practicing in 1996, and I've been sitting basically daily since then, so it's, just, it's like been almost 20 years that I've been doing this, and, um, and I've had to start again many times, many, many, many times to start again, you know, it like, something's not happening, or it's getting old, or I'm losing it, or why am I even doing this, you know, I remind myself. And I have to start again, to find again that place of, of new beginning. And it uh, was Tu Bishvat, right, today and last night, which is uh, one of our, our, our Rosh Hashanahs, right? The Rosh Hashanah of the tree, the New Year's of the trees. And so it feels particularly appropriate to think about uh, beginning again. And so the question I want to ask is really, how do we renew ourselves? And it's a, it's a fundamental question. And I just want to say a few words about, about why. We're going to see this in many ways. But why it's such a fundamental question. It's a fundamental question because basically we have two choices. One is we're trapped in our habitual patterns and ways of responding. And two is we renew ourselves. Right? It's like those are basically the choices. So if, which is I assume what we're all doing here, right? Because it's not just for the kicks, right? <laughs> we're all doing it in some ways. Is we're here because we don't want to be trapped in our habitual ways of responding because we've seen how that has not worked out so well for us, right? Then the only option is actually to begin again. And it's like a constant practice. So we begin again and we begin again and we begin again and we begin again. And, and we never stop. Like that practice never stops at beginning again. It's just this constant work of how do I restart and rediscover who I am, right? And we ended with the, uh, you know, Shlomo Karbach song, right? Return again, right? You all recognize that. And, and it's what we do by beginning again. Right? Return, right? He says, right? Return to what you are. Return to who you are. Return to where you are. Born and reborn again. When we start anew, when we have the capacity in a moment to start anew, then we get to return to our genuine nature, to who we are to our deepest intention to be present and loving. Somebody says something to me, I start responding, and then maybe if there's a little wisdom, it's like, oh, I could just start over in this moment. I could radically start over in this moment, and I could see that, oh, love might be the appropriate response. It might change the whole situation in a moment. It may make something dramatically different. We return to our genuine identity, and we let go of all the habitual identities all the habitual identities, which we get caught in, right? The habitual identities of like, I have to be this, I have to be that, I have to be the best teacher, whatever, right? Whatever it is we think we have to be doing, whatever it is we're identified with, it's like, I have to be doing that now? Oh, maybe I don't. Maybe I can just begin, maybe I can let go of that story in the mind, which is the story of whatever I have to or should be doing, which is always a story about how I need to be fulfilling something which I think I am, which I'm not actually, right? And I can start again and recognize, oh, maybe I don't have to do that. 
They don't actually have to play out that story. I don't have to fill that imaginary role that I have. We return to where we are, right? We might notice this in our practice, right? We're off on a journey somewhere else, right? And all of a sudden we come back. Like Rabbi Levi Yitzchak Berdechev. At the end of Davidi, you go to Chassid and we'd say, Shalom Aleichem. <laughs> so why are you saying Shalom Aleichem? He said, well, you went off on a journey. It's good to have you back. <laughs> you're all thinking about you're going to eat tomorrow and how you're going to do this in business and you do the other thing. It's like, right, all right. I noticed that, right? All right, I sit. The mind goes elsewhere. Oh, come back to where I am, right? Wasn't here. Just come back to where I am. And... The amazing thing is, and you know this about this coming back to where we are, is that when we actually do it for a moment, we notice the beauty, which is always already present here, right now, right? You know, and it's even like, it's like, you know, not the most amazing room in the world that we're in, right? <laughs> you know, not the, maybe the best design, who knows that the floor's a little bit different, not fluorescent lighting, right? But actually, when we just come right now and notice what's present right now, there's a beauty right here. Right? The beauty in the tiles on the floor. Stop. But there's something awesome and wondrous. And so we return to where we are. It's really a gift. We give ourselves this gift of coming back into this moment, into this truth, into this truth. And that's our practice, right? Our practice is about beginning again and again and again and again and again. Our practice is not just being constantly present with the breath, because that's not what happens, as you may have noticed, right? That's not the practice. The practice is we stay with the breath, and then the mind goes somewhere else. And then we come back, or we stay with whatever it is our anchors at the moment, or open awareness, and then all of a sudden we're lost, we're not in open awareness, and we come back to being present. Right? We get lost. And, and actually, there's something quite auspicious about getting lost, right? Because even if you can get quite focused in practice, which we can sometimes, right? None of us are that focused in life. Right? Like no matter how focused you get in practice, the reality is in life, the mind is getting lost, the mind is getting lost, right? And so we have this wonderful opportunity to train. It's like, oh, the, oh I know the mind getting lost. I just saw that. Now I can come back and start over again. Oh, I'm in this conversation, mind getting lost, mind getting lost. Pause, stop, renew, start over again, reset. It's like Rambam in, his, in, the, in the guide, in the Moran Nebuchim, has this mashali, has at the beginning, says, what is it like, this sort of awareness of the divine prophecy? It's like lightning flashes, right? It's like, poof, for a second we see, and then, dark, second we see darkness, darkness. And our, the training is just to like try and get the flashes closer and closer together. <laughs> right? Trying to see closer and closer together. And we might notice, actually, in our practice that we can actually have sustained moments. That we can actually have sustained moments of present, present, present. Seeing, 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 seeing. And then, lost again. And then we just restart. And the more we restart, the more we begin again, the more we make possible these moments of great openness and beauty, right? which are part of the fruit of the practice. Like one of my teachers, Sylvia Borstein, said, um, uh, when we wake up, it's an accident. Right? Like you can't control when you're going to wake up. There's moments when actually you're like, oh, awake, totally seeing, no suffering, love, presence. But we practice to make ourselves accident-prone. <laughs> so we practice, so like we train the mind, so 
the mind's in the condition when, when met with the right conditions, it might fall into that place of waking up. You might see it. Probably our deepest teacher of beginning again, the main teachers in our tradition, is Reb Nachman of Ratzlaff, right? He said, you know, he said he merited what he did from the fact that every time he began again from the beginning. And often he would have multiple beginnings in a single day. Right? A commitment, like starting again, starting again, starting again. And he goes on in this drasha, which is in his work, uh, in um, Likutei Halachot. He says, all the confusions and failures, all the bilbalim of a person, are from the many thoughts of yesterday and tomorrow coming into today. But if we just can let go of the way the mind wanders to the future, to the past, and you can come back to what's present here right now, we can begin again in this moment, then we escape. And escape not in a bad way, but we escape from the patterns of reaction. Right? The patterns of how we respond to the world. Our habitual ways of being in the world. It's like, Rabbi Nathan continues in the Trashi, he says, most people see themselves as skenim, as old. Right? And he says, asor liot <laughs> It's forbidden to be old. It's forbidden to be old. Right? It's forbidden to buy into that story in our mind, which is, this is the way I am. This is the way I am. Well, you know, what can I do about it? This is the way I am. This is the way I've been. This is the way I am. I'm going to continue to be this way. I can't change. It's too late. Can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? There are no old dogs, right? There are no old dogs. We can always, we can always learn again. And one of the, I think, the exciting things about learning, in the time, learning and, and practicing the time we do is that, you know, we, now we know that's true. Right? Like we know about neuroplasticity. And we know that actually our brain continues to change. And we know that doing this practice actually changes your brain. Right? You know, people do the practice, they do you know, fMRIs on them, and they see the brain is actually changing in response to practice. Right? So we don't have to hold it out as just some sort of hope out there. We can see in this really concrete way, all right, I do this, the brain starts to change, my responses start to change, I start to live out life in a different way. And he says, right, which is what we've just been talking about, that the essence of tshuva, right, of repentance, but of returning to ourselves, is actually this arousal to start anew, this renewal, right? Because tshuva, the fundamental commitment of tshuva is like, I've been caught in some story, in some pattern, and I'm cutting that. I'm cutting that. I'm saying, right now I'm starting again, right? And I may fall back into that pattern. In fact, for sure, in some ways I will, right? And then I commit again to starting again. And I commit again to starting again. And I commit again to starting again. And there's something courageous and really inspiring in that, right? <laughs> it's like for me, I have to say, when I teach retreats especially, and you see people over the course of the days, and you see what they're working with, and you see their commitment to come back again and again and again, and you see the healing that, happen, that happens in that, it's tremendously inspiring, right? To see the commitment, to be like, yes, I see it, happens again, happens again, and as I keep coming back and I renew again and again, oh, I see it weakening. I see it weakening. I see that pattern giving up the ghost a little bit. It's like giving up the ghost a little bit. Oh, so, you know, so precious. It's like in one very specific pattern, I had this very, very strong pattern, which was about, like, terrible fear at disappointing people and especially disappointing people in like authority over me, like my teachers, my bosses, things like that. Right? So like really painful and made me have me make like bad decisions for me, right? Because decisions were coming out of things of like guilt and fear and right. 
Remember noticing, 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 noticing the pattern. And then um, noticing a basket disappointed in me. And noticing that pattern arise. And then being like, oh, I don't have to fall into that pattern. They're disappointed in me. That's okay. Right? <laughs> then I can sort of notice. Did I really think like I did something wrong? Or I think that was totally fine? Actually, I think that's fine. I'm going to talk to them about it. Okay, like they're having a response. I don't have to take on their response and their baggage and cause myself suffering. She's like, that's okay, that's happening. They had their reaction. I'm having my reaction. That's the nature of what's happening. You don't have to fall into it again, right? I can renew, I can actually choose a different way of being. I can choose a different path. And I don't know what your stories and, and habitual patterns are, right? You do, to some extent. I'm sure there are habitual patterns we all don't know about ourselves yet. Um... But think about how hopeful it is. Just like to notice for yourself at one moment. It's like, oh, what pattern? If I could just choose one pattern that I want to just start anew. I don't want to be tra- trapped in it, right? Just actually think to yourself right now. Bring up what that pattern is. What is it that you don't want to be stuck in anymore? And now, make a commitment to yourself to not be stuck in that pattern. A commitment which you know you will fail at sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> right? But you're just making that commitment right now to start anew. I'm going to start anew. And we can do it. Right? Like what I'm trying to offer here is that it's not a fantasy. You can actually do it. And you can do it by being committing to rebirthing yourself. Every day, every hour, every minute. You know, and you won't every day, every hour, and every minute. That's okay. Right? But if you commit to it, there are days and hours and minutes where you will remember to rebirth yourself and then you will renew and you will start again. And if you do that enough times, basically, you will start to undo that knot. You'll start to undo that pattern. And that pattern will no longer have a grip over you in your life. Right? And freedom. All of a sudden, you're free. In that little piece. And then you work on another piece, right? But in that piece, you'll be free. You'll be liberated. So Nachman says... He says, how do we know that it's possible to do this, right? He says, well, great, I want you to renew every hour, but maybe, it's like, whatever, I've been this way 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. How do you know it's possible to make a difference? He says, well, because actually that's the nature of the world, right? We say, Hashem is mechadesh b'chol yom tamid ma'asebreshit. God renews every day, constantly, the works of creation. The world is not static. The world is changing all the time. And he says, even the upper world is changing all the time in contrast to like the Aristotelian picture of like the perfect upper worlds. Upper worlds changing all the time, things in flux, all the time, all the time, all the time. And so we actually always have the power to begin from now, Me'ach Shav, he says. Right? And that's because, it's a wonderful drash, he says, it's because the world is not just changing, but it's changing for the sake of each of us so that we can renew ourselves. That's how he wants to read the famous line from the Mishnah, right? For my sake, the world was created. So the Mishnah Sanhedrin says we should say it, right? That for my sake, the world was created. So what does that mean? It means that the world is in constant flux and change precisely to give me the opportunity to renew myself, to become something new. And in that sense, we're never trapped by the past. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God, the awe of God. And this has a, and a long history of, of connection in Kabbalah between beginnings and wisdom. 
right? And there's a whole in the Midrash as well. There's like whole stories about this. And, and I think there's something really powerful there, which is that it's seeing that wisdom emerges every time we're willing to begin. Right? When we're not stuck, that's when wisdom emerges. The, right, the Zohar reads, Breshit arts. In the beginning, we might say, or at a beginning, or at first. It's probably the most literal reading. At first, God created the heavens and the earth. But the Zohar reads it, Breshit, with beginningness, with wisdom, bara elokim, God was created. Right? The unnamed creator, which is the Ein Sof, creates the divine. Right? Now, the Zohar is talking about actually sort of the coming into being of God in the universe. Right? And that itself is a fascinating topic. We're going to talk about that here. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but for our purposes, I think what is extraordinary about the reading is it says, with the wisdom of beginning, when we bring in bit reshit with this beginningness, what do we create? We create divinity, right? We begin creatively. We're not trapped in our own patterns, and the divine appears right at that moment. The divine is accessible to us at that moment when we're willing to begin again. And so, creation is a story of our own beginning, right? The, the story goes on. You may have felt like that, right? <laughs> The earth was dark and void. There was chaos, right, on the face of creation. We've been in those places. But the Spirit of God was already fluttering, fluttering on the waters, like right there, close enough to be touched, but we're not yet touching, right? It's present there. It's waiting for us. And God says, let there be light, and there is light. It's the constantly available light for us. It's the light of awareness, right? It's like we wake up and there's light. There's presence. There's illumination. We can see enlightenment, right? We wake up and it's right here. The Midrash says that this light, that light, right? So there's this question. So God creates light. And then, as you may notice later in the story, God creates the sun and the moon, right? So what happened to that light, right? (laughs) Because it seems like the light we're getting is the light of these orbs, right? The light of the sun and moon. So the Midrash says, ah, what happened? That light was hidden away for the tzadikim in Olam in the world to come. But Olam right, one of the wonderful things about that phrase, is it doesn't, it's not actually Olam Sheyavo, it's not the world that will come, which is how we translate it in English. It's Olam Haba, it's the world which is coming, always coming, right now, right? Present, coming, 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 coming. It's just waiting for us to wake up to it. Right? It's not out there. It's not like over some hill. We have to get to it. It's just right now. It's coming, coming, coming all the time. And our task is just to wake up and be like, oh, here it is. To turn on that light. right? And then the light is available for us. And we happen. It happens to us in moments. right? We're awake. We're touched. We open. And we're in the world that is coming. And everything is okay at that moment. There's a fundamental okayness. I don't know if I'm going to... can suggest. I'm hoping at least those of you have been practicing for a little while. There are moments in your practice, moments session and retreat, where maybe for a moment it was like, oh, everything is actually fundamentally okay. All the fears, the inadequacy, the confusion, the you know, anger, like all that stuff, it's like for a moment, actually fundamentally okay, fundamentally safe. Just a fundamental awareness that I am okay and I am open in this moment. Right? And 
that is available to us at any moment. And it's available to us whenever we begin again. Right? When we're committed to restarting that process. When we do that, of course, what comes is creation, the rest of creation. Teeming, vibrant, vivid life. Instead of feeling shut down, shut off, separated, life's happening somewhere out there, how come I'm not part of it? I'm fully instantiated, I'm fully embedded, right, in life. And life is extraordinary. And life is a tremendous gift. So we're going to pause there. Lots more to say, which we'll keep saying. <laughs> and we're going to open right now as normal to questions, thoughts, things people want to say and offer or ask about their practice, experience, the talk, anything that's coming up. Hi. Hi. Can you say something a little bit about the balance between being with what is but also desiring change? Yeah. That's a great question. We just had, we are just working on a whole Pizetsu Torah, for those of you in the previous class, which is really about that. What I'd say is there kind of, there's two levels of things, I'd say in my experience, right? There's a certain working on acceptance, which is actually about letting go of the desire for change, right? Um, and it's like all those little things which like get to us and get us in, and it's like, actually, they're not important, right? <laughs> like, they really aren't important. Like, you got this food instead of the other food, it actually is fine, right? <laughs> that should be helpful if you just let go of the fact that you needed to have some other food. You know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, or like, it was this color, not the guy's like, So all these things, actually little things which happen to us all the time, which would actually just be helpful if we were just like, actually, I totally accept this, and it's fine, right? It's just fine, just the way it is. And then there's that other level, right, which is a big piece of our life, which is, we want to work on accepting what is present right now because we don't want the suffering, right? The suffering comes with the resistance. And we want to see very clearly, at the same time, actually, we want this to change. Right? Why is it? Right? The simplest, like, in a very concrete way is like, I just broke my arm, right? It's really painful, right? I want to be fully open and present and accepting of the pain. Because if I don't, I just make the pain worse. It doesn't serve me at all to like fight the pain of the arm. It just makes it more painful. And I want to go to the hospital and have somebody set my arm, right? And put a cast on it. Like I don't want to pretend like, oh, that's fine, broken arm, great, right? <laughs> just hang on with the broken arm. And you know, the way we see that, as I'd say, is that when we talk about acceptance, to be very clear, all we're talking about when we're talking about acceptance is accepting the truth of this moment. That's all we're talking about. We're just talking about like saying, oh yeah, this is what's happening right now. And there's no, nothing is helpful about the internal resistance to the fact that this is happening. Right? It, just, it just is happening. I can fight that it's happening inside, which will be completely irrelevant and will only cause me more harm. Right? So I'm fully accepting whatever, it doesn't matter how terrible it is. Right? It doesn't matter how terrible the thing is, I'm fully accepting that this is actually true at this moment. Because this is true at this moment, right? All I'm doing is fooling myself. And the next thing is that actually that has nothing to do, it's just a completely separate question, of the question of what is wise to try to bring into being in the next moment, right? And, and what we want to try to see is that they're actually just separate questions, and that the more effectively we can fully accept what is happening at this moment as the truth, the more wisdom and discernment we have around what needs to be the next one, right? Because then, you know, in various ways, like something like in the small ways, it's like, I accept it, and it's like, oh, actually, I don't need the next moment to be different. <laughs> it's just fine the way it is, the food I have, right? 
And then, but the other place is like, oh, I do, we do want this to be different because that's going to be more helpful, beneficial, kind, compassionate, whatever it is. Want that to be different. But now not caught in the resistance, a lot more wisdom about maybe how that should be different or how can I respond to make it different. Because, and then here's the other piece, when we do it that way, we work for change without the attachment to the change. Right? So it's like, it would be better if my society was more just in, some, in its way, way X and Y, and now I'm going to go to work as hard as I can to make it more just in that way. And I'm not attached to the results. Which just means that when it doesn't turn out that it's more just in that way, or in all the ways I want it to be, which, you know, <laughs> alas, that's going to happen at least in some ways, right? I can feel sorrow about that. I can feel sadness at the injustice being done. But I don't have to suffer from the fact that I didn't get what I wanted. Right? It doesn't have to feel like personal in that way or like I'm offended or like my ego is hurt, which in my experience is not what often what happens and like leads me to like burn out of political action. Right? <laughs> what burns me out is my attachment. In the sense it has to be that way and it doesn't work out that way. And then I fall into despair and disappointment. And it's like, forget it. Give up. Right? Then I have to like work through that and not fall into despair and disappointment so it'll come back and be just like an effective actor in some way, right? So that's it. It's like seeing the difference between the, the acceptance piece and the wisdom piece of what's happening next. And would you also apply that to what you are saying before about, like, I'm going to try to renew myself, and then a week from now I wake up and I'm the same person, uh, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, exactly. Because a week from now, that's just what's true, right? The ad doesn't help, right? <laughs> it's just like, oh, notice pattern's still there, yeah. right? I mean, the great example of this, I'll say, the great example which I love is like, you know, your GPS, right? Like your Waze. Waze does not say to you when you make the wrong turn, why did you make that turn, <laughs> right? Turn around and go the other way, right? It's just like, Recalculating, right? <laughs> like that's all. It's like that is like no, no. Don't make a whole story. It's like uh oh, went the wrong way. Recalculating, right? And sometimes, and hopefully that's soon. But sometimes it's like one time I was driving down, you know, from the north. Have you ever done this? Trying to fishesh, trying to get to Jerusalem, and I missed the exit mm. to what? So I don't know, if you know, but it's like a long time, right? <laughs> like a long time until you can turn around and get back the other way, you know? <laughs> and it was like, first I was like, oh my God, okay. And I was like, well, that happened, right? <laughs> Not going to help me to get annoyed about it now. It's like, there's nothing to do about it now. So I might as well keep driving until I see the next exit, you know? Okay, so that's what I was doing. So it was like another half an hour in the car, you know? Nothing could do about it, but yeah, right? It's like, can I have the GPS response to life? That would be great. Right? Like, no point of beating up. It's just like recalculating. Okay, figuring out the next step. Yeah. So, how do we, like, with certain patterns that we know actually can't be changed, like just the way our brains work? Yeah. Um, and, like, you've tried a million times. So, yeah. For example, like, my room is never going to be super clean. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I've been working about my shit. Yeah. I'm getting here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's just not going to happen. Like, yeah. It's not that, oh, like, oh, just, I am who I am. And, like, I talk about my own woman, like, bemoaning it. But right. there's something kind of, how do we celebrate a little sometimes when things we can't completely... <coughs> I'm a person who's talking about things. Yeah. Uh, what I'd say is, the first thing I'd say is I'm not convinced. 
that there are patterns that we can't change. Right? I'm not saying like we haven't changed it yet, and maybe it's like takes a few lifetimes, right? <laughs> right? But I'm just like I'm a little bit suspicious about putting out that thing. It can't change. And then the second thing I'd say is, which is like, who cares? And what I mean by that is, it's like you see some pattern, and you see it might be better if the pattern was a little more this way. So that's all the work. It's like, I'm going to open to try and make it a little more this way. Will that ever fundamentally change and become totally different? I don't know, but who cares? Like, all I can see is, this is the pattern right now. It'd be helpful if it was the other way. So as much as I can, with no tension, stress, beating myself up, I'm going to try and see if I can make it a little more this way. If I can, great. Maybe it'll, it'll shift 5% over the course of my life. Okay, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be... It's like, what is it? it doesn't have to be a big deal, right? And that's like, it's only hard. It's like, oh my god, my room's a mess again, right? It's like you just be like, oh, room's a mess again. Not a big surprise. Been a mess for the last thirty years, right? <laughs> Probably a mess tomorrow, right? <laughs> it's like okay, let's do this again. And you might notice, you might notice it's like room's a mess again. And actually, well, actually, I don't mind that that much. And maybe I'm gonna work on something else. That's also fine. But you might be like. Not that significant, actually. I'm going to work on something else. Fine. And it might be like, actually, there's something that's hard for me about it, right? Or, I now live with somebody else, and there's something that's hard for them about it, right? Okay. So then I'm going to try to have some commitment towards it. But, and we'll see how the shift happens. And I can't predict that. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that, I'm just saying that that's a thing, like, it's not going to change. That's about, like, I think I know what's going to be. But you don't know what's going to be. That's the part about beginning again. You don't know what's going to be. I don't know what's going to be. You know, not because you don't know what's going to be. Right? <laughs> like none of us know what's going to be because actually sometimes things change. Right? I mean, I'll say you know, my own experience. Um, you know, my beloved partner <laughs> was very very messy for a long time, and all of a sudden I don't even know what happened. <laughs> she like got committed to not being that way, and all of a sudden it's like totally different. And then she's like, you're being messy to me, you know? <laughs> and it's true. It's like, like, now I'm not putting things away as much as her, you know? And it's like, wow, there's some, some ways for like, you know, in a lot of years. And then all of a sudden, I don't know why, something shifted. And all of a sudden, things are different. You would have asked me that 15 years ago, you know? Never would have predicted that. Oops. That's what happens sometimes. You've been listening to the Or Halev podcast with Rabbi James Jacobson Mazels. For more information about Or Halev, and how to stay up to date with our podcasts, visit the website at orhalev.org.